don't know where we're going. We don't know how to get there. We're fumbling around all over the place. And we just wish that we could find a way out of whatever darkness that may be. That could be frustration. That could be work. That could be school. That can be what's next in my life. It is God's word which is a lamp unto our feet. So we pray that God's word would light the way for us today out of the darkness. Will you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you that, Lord, we don't have to be in the dark or live in the dark, that, Lord, you will provide a way out. And, Father, that is your word. Father, I pray that whatever darkness any of us may find ourselves in, Lord, we would see the light today. And we would begin the journey out, which is really a journey to you. Father, we gather not as perfected people, but as imperfect people, worshiping you. Father, I pray that despite the sin that clouds us and discourages us, Lord, that we would see the hope that is in you, the hope of the cross. Father, I pray that your spirit would speak through me and despite me today. I pray, Lord, that your truth would penetrate whatever religious walls we have up or whatever morality walls we have up and penetrate to our hearts. And Lord, not that we would just hear it, but we would do what your word says. We ask this in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen. Obviously, we will all uh, pray for Sarah, who said she's not ready for spring. So just, you know, put that to the top of your prayer list right there, because the rest of us are ready for spring. Uh, Let's just say that. Um, You know, I've been busy lately. You know, a lot of times uh, people think as a pastor, you know, really you work an hour a week. You just show up on Sunday, right? I mean, actually, it's two hours a week. But a lot of people think it's just an hour a week. And so I spend my time differently. And so I kind of wanted to share some photos with you of, of kind of how I've been spending my time. And so we got the first photo, and a group of us, uh, we climbed up Mount Everest. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, and we had a great time, and we went all the way to the peak. Uh, you don't see Joe. He couldn't make it up that high. That, he just couldn't do it. But uh, that's me, and that's Garrett, and we're working our way up. So that was, that was great. But we do have a talented staff. You know, we do a lot of things. We got another photo that shows you what our staff did. Maybe you missed this, but we did win Olympic gold. Um, our staff, which was really exciting. I know that uh, we worked really, really hard on that. And uh, I'm not sure who the other guys are. I'll be very honest with you. I, I don't know who they are. But, you know, as a team, we did a great job. You know, we represented our country. The other thing that you uh, probably need to know about me is that I'm a part of a championship uh, football team. You can put the photo up there. Uh, that's me holding a Lombardi trophy. Uh, you know, I'm a part of the Eagles team, and we won the championship. And it was really exciting, and I'm really, really thankful to have been a part of that team. Um, but we do that, don't we? we? We sometimes try to insert ourselves as being a part of things. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I talk about the Eagles, I say we. We won the championship. We have to have better defense. We have to do this. We love to be associated with the we. We like to be a part of a group. We like to say, I'm affiliated with this. I'm a part of this, and, and I get to reap the benefits of this. But what we need to understand is there's, there's power in being a part of the we, but there's also responsibilities to be a part of the we. And that's where we see the people of God finding themselves in Nehemiah. 
And what we're going to learn today is that if we want to be a part of the we, we've got to really understand what it means to have big faith and no fear. So if you want to open up your Bibles, we're going to be taking a look at uh, Nehemiah chapter 10. And uh, Joe did a great job last week of kind of really explaining how the people of God have come together and they confessed their sin. They confess, Lord, we're not perfect. We haven't done it right. And actually, it is the longest prayer in all of the Bible you'll find in Nehemiah chapter 9. They confess how unfaithful they are and how faithful and good God is. And they really want to be a part of the we. They want to be the people of God. They don't want to be just a collection of me's. They want to be a part of the we. And so what they do is they sign a covenant. They sign a covenant that says, God, we are serious about this and we are committed to this and we're going to do this. And so we're going to start here in chapter 10 and we're going to kind of go through it a little bit and really see how this can be lived out. So starting at verse 28 in chapter 10, it says, The rest of the people, priests, Levites, gatekeepers, musicians, temple servants, and all who separated themselves from the neighboring peoples for the sake of the law of God, together with their wives and all their sons and daughters who are able to understand. All these now join their fellow Israelites, the nobles, and bind themselves with a curse and an oath to follow the law of God, given through Moses, the servant of God, and to obey carefully all the commands, regulations, and decrees of the Lord our Lord. So what happens here is the first 27 verses list out all of the people and the families who have signed this covenant who said, we are committed to being the people of God and we understand what that takes. Now there's an expression that says, know what you're signing up for. You have to know what you're signing up for. And the people of God said, we know what we're signing up for. We understand the responsibilities. Before we walk around saying, we are the people of God, we know what exactly we're signing up for. And what they're signing up for is to live in a way that is different. And what it says is that they separated themselves from those in the lands around them. Now, we're not called to be isolationists as Christians and say, we're just going to live over here in this commune and have no interaction with anybody. That's not what we're called. But we're called to, to separate ourselves and live differently. We're called to, to have a, a change in our relationship with God and with each other. And that's what we see with the people of God. They are committed to living differently. And the first thing that they're going to do is they're not, and read this in verse 30, they say this, We promise not to give our daughters in marriage to the peoples around us or to take their daughters or their sons. They said, we're going to live different. We're not going to live like everybody else. We're committed to doing things your way, God, not our way, God. And what they do is they take an oath and a curse. They say, God, we're going to live in a way that we understand the covenant with you. And a covenant is stronger than a promise because it's with God. And they say, God, we know this is serious. And if we don't hold up our end of the bargain, we want you to curse us. That's pretty serious. And this is something that we read in Deuteronomy. It says this. It says, this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. And so what God is saying is we have a choice. See, we need to have a change in our relationship with God. On a lot of social media sites, it will say relationship status. You know, single, married, whatever it may be. 
See, we need to have a status change in our relationship with God if we're going to live out big faith, no fear, and that is one of accountability. We have to understand that our relationship with God is based on accountability. We are accountable to God. We are accountable to God every day, and we will be accountable for our life to God. One day we will stand before God, and we will be accountable for everything we've said, everything we've done, and everything we've thought. And if that doesn't sufficiently scare you to death, I don't know what else I can say. It scares me that one day I'm going to have to stand before God and, and be accountable for everything I said, everything I did, and everything I thought. And I think, man, I, there's no way God could love me because I know what I've said, I know what I've done, and I know what I've thought. And it's not all very good. But because of Jesus, we can have a status change in our relationship with God. Because of Jesus, we can stand in front of God and God will not see our sin and our failure, but he will see the glory of God that scrubs us clean. The people of God said, we're going to do it your way, God. We're not going to give our, our children away in marriage to those who are not believers. And we're not going to accept children in marriage who are not believers because we are a part of the we that has been redeemed by you. And so they're going to live Differently, They're going to live and it has a relationship of accountability. We don't like to hear that. People don't like accountability unless it's for themselves. But we're called to live accountable to God. And we are accountable to God. Whether we like it or whether we don't or whether we reject it, we are accountable to God. And what the people are saying is we understand that. And we're going to live differently. And the way they're going to live differently is their values and their priorities. They're going to say, God, my values and my priorities are yours. See, the people had a choice to make. Were they going to live by their own values or cultural values, or were they going to live by the values of God? And they understood, hey, we are accountable to God, and we've got to make sure that our priorities are God. And so one of the things we have to ask ourselves is, are we living in a way that's different than the rest of the world? That doesn't mean you have to look different or dress different, but are our values different? Are our priorities different? Because we are called by the people of God to be different in that way. We're called to think different in every way. Listen to what Ezra said to the people. He said, so the Israelites who had returned from the exile ate it, together with all who had separated themselves from the unclean practices of their Gentile neighbors in order to seek the Lord, the God of Israel. The people of God are called to be separate because the people of God know they're accountable to God. So our priorities are different. Our values are different. Our thinking needs to be different. Listen to how Paul says it in Romans. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It takes big faith and no fear to say, I understand that I'm accountable to God. To accept that and then to try and live that out. To say, God, I know I'm accountable to you for my thoughts and my actions and my deeds. And God, I'm going to try to live my values and priorities reflected upon the kingdom. And we can only do that through Christ. We can't be a good person without Christ. We can't meet the standard of God without Christ. We are accountable to God. And so we have to understand, if we want to be a part of the we, the first step is that we have to have a relationship status change with God to be the people of God, and that begins with Jesus Christ. Now, the second thing 
that has to change is how we use our time. If you look at verse 31, it says, When the neighboring peoples bring merchandise or grain to sell on the Sabbath, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or on any holy day. Every seventh year we will forgo working the land and we will cancel all debts. So you have to imagine, this is a proclamation that the people are making. They're saying, God, we're accountable and we know what you've called us to do. First, we're not going to have any kind of intermarriage because we are the redeemed people of God and we don't want to be led away into false worship or to idol worship. We want to stay focused on you. So we're going to make sure our relationship with you is right. The second thing is how they use their time. The Sabbath is holy. The Sabbath was created for rest. The Sabbath was created from not working. And so the people of God said, we're not going to engage in commerce. Though people from the other lands may bring in things to trade or to buy, we're not going to do it because we know that we're called to use our time differently as the people of God. That it's got to be about the we and not about the me. And so they said, we're not going to engage in the Sabbath. You know, one of the many reasons that I love Chick-fil-A, not just because they have great food and it was the manna that fell from heaven for 40 years in the desert, because that's the only thing that would have kept me going for 40 years were chicken nuggets coming down every day, is that they don't open on Sundays. Well, you talk about having big faith and no fear when it comes to, to commerce and to business. There it is. And you think, man, they would make so much money if they were open on Sundays. I would go. But they say, we understand that we're called by God to be different, to have different values and different priorities than all these other restaurants. And do you know that Chick-fil-A is the number one fast food restaurant in the country? They're open six days a week, and they're beating fast food places that are open seven days a week. Because they are living separately. They have different values, different priorities, and God has blessed that. And so what the people here are saying is, we're going to use our time Differently, We're not going to use it to further our personal wealth. We're not going to use it to do what we want. We're going to do it what God wants in kingdom work. Even to the point when it comes to the land. Because this was an agriculture society. So planting crops, this is how you made your money. This is how you made food. But listen to what they say. They say, we're not going to plant on the seventh year. And that's coming from Exodus 23. For six years you are to sow your fields and harvest the crops. But during the seventh year... Let the land lie unplowed and unused. Then the poor among your people may get food from it, and the wild animals may eat what they leave. Do the same with your vineyard and your olive grove. They were saying, we're going to live by God's priorities. God's value says on the seventh year, don't plant. That's so other people can come along and get some food, but for rest. You, again, you make, that doesn't make any sense. But if we're going to be the people of God, we have to live the way that God calls us to. Different use of our time. They also said, we're going to forgive the debts of people. Again, this is going back to Scripture. We go here in Deuteronomy 15. At the end of every seven years, you must cancel debts. This is how it is to be done. Every creditor shall cancel the loan he has made to his fellow Israelite. He shall not require payment from his fellow Israelite or brother because the Lord's time for canceling debts has been proclaimed. Using our time different. Big faith, no fear, says that my time is God's time. You know, none of us like the spring forward. We all like the fall back, you know, because we don't like losing that hour. But it's, as Joe said, it's not our time. It's God's time. 
How are we using the time that God gave us? We all like to think that we have all the time in the world, but God knows the day and the time we'll be born. He knows the day and time that we'll be called home. How do we use the time in between? Are we using it for the we kingdom of God or the me? Here's how I want to use my time. And I don't want to read or pray or worship. I don't want to put God first. I want to put me first. You know, we can't say I'm a part of the we if all we do is focus on the me. And that takes big faith, no fear to do that. I have a, a great friend, Ray Spencer. He works for the Luis Palau Ministry. Many of you are familiar with that ministry. Many of you were involved in that ministry some years ago when they came to Omaha. And he told me a great story about how the people of God showed the we and not the me. There's a school in Portland, Oregon called Roosevelt High School. It's one of the poorest schools in that community. 75% of the students are on free and reduced lunch. 100 students are legally homeless. And 39% of the population will not graduate high school. So a church comes along, South Lake Church. And they decide to say, can we have a cleanup day because the school was in disrepair. And so they cleaned inside and outside the school and they did an amazing job. The people of God, they came together, they gave their time and they gave everything they had. Well, the school was so grateful and so thankful. They said, would you be willing to enter into a partnership to continue to help families? And they said, sure. So the school gave the church a little office in the school to kind of have a pantry where students could come and get food and clothing and supplies and all of these different types of things. Well, when this started to get out in the community, this was happening, a businessman came along and said, I want to buy every student a brand new sweatshirt with the school name on it so they can have a sense of pride that they belong to something. Then a retired NFL player, Neil Lomax, he was a quarterback who was from that community, said, you know what, I want to come and I'll coach the football team. They had never been successful. Well, he starts to coach the football team and then Nike gets wind of this. And Nike says, you know what, we love what this community is doing. We are going to refurbish the entire football stadium, cost them a couple of million dollars to do it. And all of a sudden now, Roosevelt High School has a sense of pride. And the community has come together and the people of God have reflected what it means to be the we people of God using their time in a different way to serve their community, to put other people's needs first, to inconvenience themselves for the convenience of others. And that's a powerful statement. And that takes big faith, no fear and a sacrifice. We need to use our time differently. Because the time that we really want is eternity, and the only way we'll have eternity with God is through Jesus Christ, who gives us that chance. Now, just as South Lake Community Church went and helped their community, I'm excited to let you know that we are going to do the same thing on April 22nd when we have another Go Sunday. And we're going to go back out into our community, and we're going to serve our community like we did in the fall, just to let our community know that we love them because God loves us. And so there's so many great things. So we've got to have a relationship change if we want to be a part of the we. We've got to have a difference in how we use our time. And then the last thing is it's how we use our resources. Everybody has resources. Everybody has gifts. Listen to what the people of God said starting in verse 32. 
We assume the responsibility for carrying out the commands to give a third of a shekel each year for the service of the house of our God, for the bread set out on the table, for the regular grain offerings and burnt offerings, for the offerings on the Sabbaths and the new moon feasts and at the appointed festivals for holy offerings, for sin offering, to make atonement for Israel and for the duties of the house of our God. We, the priests, the Levites, and the people have cast lots to determine when each of our families is to bring to the house of our God at set times each year a contribution of wood to burn on the altar of our Lord our God as a witness to the law. We also assume responsibility for bringing to the house of the Lord each year the first fruits of our crops and of every fruit tree. As it is also written in the law, we will bring the firstborn of our sons and of our cattle, of our herds, of our flocks to the house of our God, to the priests ministering there. Moreover, we will bring to the storerooms of the house of our God, to the priests, the first of our ground meal, of our grain offerings, of the fruit of all of our trees and all of our new wine and olive oil. And we will bring a tithe of our crops to the Levites, for it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all the towns where they work. A priest descended from Aaron is to accompany the Levites when they receive the tithes, and the Levites are to bring a tenth of the tithes up to the house of our God, to the storerooms and the treasury. The people of Israel, including the Levites, are to bring their contributions of grain, new wine, and olive oil to the storerooms where the articles for the sanctuary and for the ministering priest, the gatekeepers, and the musicians are also kept. We will not neglect the house of our God. What they were saying is, not only are we going to give God our best, we're going to give God our best first. We're going to give God the very best of what we have, but we're going to give it to Him first. Whether it's our time, our talents, or our resources. That's what it means to be a part of the we. Saying, I'm going to put the kingdom work of God first. I'm not going to give God my leftovers. I'm going to give God my very best, and I'm going to give it to Him first. Because I know that God's kingdom plan is greater than anything I could do with my time, talent, or resources. That takes big faith, no fear to say, God, I'm giving you the best of what I've got. These people gave the best of their cattle, the best of their crops, even their children they dedicated to God. That is something that is so powerful that when the people of God come together and say, we're going to give God our best and we're going to give God our best first, amazing things happen. We saw that with South Lake Community Church. They came together, they gave God their best, they gave God first, and God did amazing things at Roosevelt High School. It is fascinating when we put God first. I know our staff uh, this past week, we were able to go down to Lincoln to support uh, the boys' basketball team. And it was absolutely amazing because Bennington had more people there than any other community that had a game. Because it was everybody in the community saying, we're going to put this event, this activity first. We want to support these boys. We want to support this community. And it was overwhelming. Big Blue Nation was there and it was awesome and it was fun. And when people come together and are a part of something bigger than themselves, not just a collection of me's, but the broader part of we, it's an awesome feeling. And I mean, you get that whether you go to a Husker game or a Badger game. It's being a part of something bigger than yourself. And there's nothing bigger than being a part of the kingdom of God. And that means having a relationship change with God, a status change, and that comes through a relationship with Jesus. That means using our time differently. It says, God, it's about your time and not my time. 
It's about saying, God, whatever resources I have, time, talent, or otherwise, I'm going to give you my best, and I'm going to give you my best first. Not second, not third, not last, not leftovers, but best. And the people, well, they committed to a lot. I just want to read to you what they said. They said, we're going to do the following. We're not going to intermarry with pagans, not going to trade on the Sabbath, not going to allow land to rest and cancel debts every seven years, pay temple dues, provide offerings and sacrifices, provide wood offering for the temple, bring harvest offerings to God, dedicate the firstborn child to God, bring one-tenth tithe for the Levite workers to live on. These are people who said, we understand what it means to be a part of the we. We understand our responsibilities. I can stand up here and say, we won the Super Bowl, and we climbed Mount Everest, and we won a gold medal, but I really wasn't a part of that. I can claim it because I'm from the Philadelphia area. I can claim it because I'm an American that we won the gold medal, but I really didn't have anything to do with that. So when I say, yeah, I'm a part of the people of God, do I understand what that means? That means I've got to have a relationship with God that only comes through Christ. That means my time is God's time. I live differently. I have different values. I have different priorities than the rest of the world. That means that I use whatever I've got, the best of what I've got, and I give it to God first. Because Jesus says this in Matthew 6. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We need to seek God first. It takes big faith, no fear, to have a relationship with God that's based on accountability. That says, I know I'm accountable to you, God. It takes big faith, no fear, to say, God, I'm going to live different and separate than the rest of the world when it comes to my values and my priorities. It takes big faith, no fear, to say, God, my time is your time, and I want to put your kingdom first. It takes big faith, no fear, to say, God, I'm going to give you not only my best, but I'm going to give it to you first. I'm going to ask Sarah and our worship team to come back up. And, and I want to give you three things to wrestle with this week. And, and I hope that you're going through our Proverbs 31 challenge. I hope you're reading a proverb a day just to get into God's word because that's how our hearts get changed. But here are three things to think about. Do you live differently than the world? Are your values and priorities different than what the world values and prioritizes? Number two, is your time focused on me things or we things? We, the people of God. And number three, are you giving your best to God first? Not second, not third. Are you giving your best to God first? When we understand the power and the responsibilities of being a part of the we, people of God, God will do amazing things.